0: Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at Coastline Church in Victoria, B.C. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Good morning, church. Great to see you today. Thank you for coming and worshiping with us, being here at church. Uh, wow, what a wonderful season this has been. Did you know we've had quite a remarkable fall? It's been incredible. I mean, looking back, just this whole fall has just been so exciting. Watching everyone come back from summer holidays and gathering together. And in fact, we've had record numbers this whole fall. And uh, the last few weeks, we've had standing room only in this service. And uh, thank you. Some of you have responded by coming to the earlier service. And we appreciate that. We're seeing that service grow. Our West Shore community is just really bustling. Not to mention, we had quite a 100th anniversary didn't we? Was anybody here for the 100th anniversary? That was so fun. So fun to be a part of a church with such a legacy. And I, I have people um, all over who are friends who have seen that medley that we did, you know, the worship through the ages. And they're asking me, how can I get my hands on that? So uh, Pastor Luke, you and the choir might have to uh, figure out a way to, to market that. I don't think anybody else could pull that off. Didn't wasn't that amazing? Can we just show our appreciation? Wow, just so good. So good. And then, of course, we had our conference with all of our guests. And even on Sunday, we had Pastor Mike Miller with us. What an incredible weekend. It's been, it's been an amazing fall. And then we kind of went into Heart for the House. And we talked about building a legacy. And I just want to report, I continue to report week over week. But uh, let me just tell you now, we're almost at the $400,000 mark for our $700,000 goal with Heart for the House. Wow! You're doing such a great work, church. Thank you. Thank you so much. And the project continues and things are going well. And I mean, there's so many things that God is doing. God is so good. And sometimes we have to take a moment and just kind of zoom out and, and, and get a larger perspective on the good things God is doing. And understand that in, in, in God's, you know, from God's view, the world is this cosmic chessboard and he's moving the pieces around where he wants them. And, and he's bringing blessing and he's bringing direction. And sometimes when God does that, when he's moving things around, sometimes we wonder what's going on. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen a chess master at work, but they're five, six moves ahead. And, you know, you might see something. If you put that piece there, you're going to lose that piece. But they already know how the game ends. And so when you're thinking about what God is doing, sometimes you look at a particular moment in time or a situation that seems difficult or challenging, like some of the things Lisa was talking about this morning, and you're wondering what God is up to. But if we can keep a large view that God's doing all of these things, and God is good by nature, he's good, that then when things come to us that are difficult or harder to understand, we realize that we can trust that God is doing his work. He's good, he's big, and he's able. Amen? Amen. And so, in the midst of all this good stuff, I have some things that uh, I want to share with you that are a little bit more difficult. In fact, some of you this week, if you get our newsletter, you got the news first. And if you're not um, if you're not subscribed to our newsletter, you should because you missed the big news that came out on Friday. That's a plug for communications department. You're welcome. Um, on On Friday, our newsletter came out and we announced that both pastors Adam. And, and Shandy, as well as pastors Lucas and Trina, are making their exit from Coastline Church. Now's the moment where you go, oh, yeah. Um, and I know this for some of us, this is news that's coming fresh to us. Um, Pastor Adam and Shandy are, are, um, have accepted the role as the new lead pastors at Calvary Temple Church in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Wow. And I I said in the early service that that I think this is them getting revenge on us because 35 years ago, we brought Ron Machowski to be our lead pastor from there. So they've waited, they've bided their time, and they got us. They paid us back. So Pastor Adam and Shandy will be moving there in January. And and, um, uh, Lucas and Trina are, are dear to us and have been with us over 10 years. And, um, and they have been elected as the new lead pastors of Elam Church in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. So, yeah. Both of these... Both of these are our largest POC churches in those provinces. These are prevailing churches, and, and, um, and so we, we do celebrate with them. But we also know that it's hard. You know, when, when these kind of things happen, it feels like a loss to us. Like, we feel the loss. And, you know, we want to say something that's like what we should say as good Christians. Like, it's good for the kingdom, hard for us. But it's still hard, isn't it? It's still difficult. It's difficult because we love them. It's difficult because they've invested in our lives. They've taught us. They've helped us. And so the real question becomes, how do we process saying goodbye to leaders that we love? How is it that we take a healthy viewpoint on these sort of things? And I want to help you because here's the reality. Loss is a part of life, right? Loss is a part of life. We are always processing loss. Loss comes, and it comes in waves, and it comes at different times. We lose people who love us, people who have had influence on our lives, parents, grandparents, um, even leaders in our life like this. Loss is a part of life. And I know it's hard to believe, but someday you'll have to mourn my loss. And I hope that it's when I'm like 94 and I'm preaching my last sermon, and I'm like, Jesus, take me, and I have a heart attack. But Lisa said that would be horrifying for people, so I shouldn't wish that. <laughs> I don't plan on going anywhere at all, but, you know, God, God has his way, and there are times like this where we maybe didn't see it coming, but God is moving the pieces around, right? And so we learn to trust him, but how is it that we have a healthy viewpoint on these kind of situations, on loss? Here's the first thing I'll share with you. The first thing is you got to remember that God is your shepherd. Amen? We need the comfort of what the, what the psalmist said, what David said in, in Psalm 23. In fact, I want to look at a few of those verses with you today. I'm going to look at Psalm 23, and then we're going to look at Luke 15. And we're going to, we're going to grow together today, because God wants to help us understand how to process loss. You know, in, in Psalm 23, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I want you to notice it doesn't say the Lord is a shepherd. It's not impersonal. It's personal. He's your shepherd. He's my shepherd. It's personal. He loves me. He leads me. He cares for me. And for a season, he has used these pastors as a part of his shepherding. But it's not been them that's been your shepherd. It's God who's been your shepherd. Amen? The Lord is your shepherd. He's always your shepherd. And if he's your shepherd, the Bible says, then you, I shall not want. And there's double meaning here in this phrase, shall not want, because it really comes down to saying, like, hey, I don't need anything. God's provision is amazing. God's given me everything I need. And that's one way to look at it. But another way that's appropriate to translating this text would be to say, I shall not want. You've got to kind of fold your arms when you say it. No, I'm going to refuse the trappings of this world, and I'm going to let God be my shepherd. I'm going to choose not to want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all kinds of temptations toward want all around me, but I'm not going to want. I'll fight the meaningless pursuits of self-fulfillment. Why? Because they don't work. They simply don't work. I have a shepherd, and he knows what I need, and he gives me exactly what I need. You see, all sheep need to be cared for. They need, you know, feeding, and shearing, and protection, and nurturing, they're not designed to meet their own needs, and neither are you, although we try. <laughs> we try really hard to meet our own needs and, and some basic needs we can look after. But when it comes to the, you know, the accumulation of money and possession, the power of want is so powerful. It's so drawing. It's so strong. But you can't buy your way out of an illness. You can't have enough money to do that. You can say, I want knowledge and influence, yet life diminishes over time. What we once had, we don't have anymore. This is, this is diminishing returns is the reality of life. I want relationships. And whether it's romantic or friendships, listen, relationships can let us down. And, and one of the things we always learn is that a person can't meet all our needs. But Jesus is the very best shepherd you could ever have. Amen? He's the best shepherd you could ever have. He's looking after you. And, and even he said in his own words in John chapter 10, I'm the good shepherd. And what do you say about being the good shepherd? That the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Now, I hope that over the time that uh, I've been here and Pastor Lucas and Trina have been here and Pastor Adam and Shandy have been here, I hope that you have felt loved by them. But I want to tell you, it wasn't me, it wasn't Lucas, and it wasn't Adam who laid down their lives for you. It was Jesus. He's a good shepherd. And he's done work in your life that no one else can ever do. And so we praise him for that. So number one thing is remember that God's your shepherd. The second thing is this. I'm going to build off of that first thing. Your shepherd has really good plans. Did you know that? He's a good God with good plans. He's moving things around. He's doing what he can do. I want you to receive the full comfort of Psalm 23. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want. And then it says this man, he has plans to give you true rest because it says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. Isn't that good? Do you know sheep don't lie down when they feel nervous, when they feel afraid, when they feel hungry? When they're being bothered by the other sheep, when there's pests flying around their face, they don't lay down. They lay down when there's a sense of rest, when they can be at peace. And, and, and you don't have to be afraid in this season. You can let the Lord help you just to lie down and rest in his green pastures in his goodness. He's there for you, and he's going to feed you with his word, and he's going he's to provide for you. Those green pastures are just what you need. In fact, you don't need sleep as much as you need rest. It's different, right? That's why Jesus said, come to me when you're weary, and I will give you rest, not sleep. It's not that you need a nap. Jesus didn't say, come and put your head here and have a little snooze. He said, come to me and I'm gonna give you rest. That's deep, that's deeper. And that leads into where we're gonna be going in just a little while, talking about deep down in your soul. But let me say this, God also plans to give you pure refreshment. He wants to give you rest, but also refreshment. That's why it says, he leads me beside still waters. They're not stagnant waters, but they're, they're, they're still. They're quiet waters, uh, one version says. They're still, why? Because they're deep. It's shallow water that's noisy, right? It's that deep water. That's what what God provides, that stillness, that quiet, that deepness, that cleanliness and purity for what you need in your life. He brings you things that are good. He He nourishes and refreshes you. He also restores you. His plan is full restoration. The psalmist said it simply, he restores my soul. This word restore is a double meaning word as well. It does mean to heal what's broken, to, you know, the healing power of God, but it also it also is about reclaiming things. It's about bringing back what was lost. When God restores your soul, he brings you back. He brings you back to a good place. You know, we can get emotional, we can get upset, we can get hurt, we can wander off, and God comes looking for us. Why? Because He wants to bring us back. He wants to bring us back to His original intent, His original design, His original plan for our lives. He said, Come on, I'm gonna restore your soul. It's a beautiful picture, and that's what God does for us. Listen. You might be feeling concerned about this. You might be living your own reality of things that have been lost. But hear me say this. This is a time to trust your soul to God. Trust your soul to God. Your current leader doesn't restore your soul. Jesus does. Jesus is the one who restores your soul. And we learned this in COVID, didn't we? We had to. We were all alone. We couldn't be with each other. We couldn't certainly be like this. But during that time, what did we learn? We learned that the presence of God is so sweet and God is so good and he's with us. He's with us wherever we are and whatever it is that we're going through, God is still working on our souls. And the truth is his plan includes trustworthy guidance. I love what the psalmist says next. He says, He guides me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. It's for His glory. These paths of righteousness, sometimes we would look at that and say, Ooh, righteousness. So then we'd go like, Holiness, perfection. But that's not what paths of righteousness means. Paths of righteousness doesn't mean that it's easy and perfect and everything's fine, it means that it's the right path. It's the right path. And friends, for, for Pastor Lucas and Trina, For Pastor Adam and Shandy, this is the right path. This is the right path. They're walking a path of righteousness, and God's got one for us as well. It's a straight path. So come on, church, we can trust him to lead us on the right path, right? We can. He's got us. So two of our pastors have felt this stirring of God in their soul to new pastures, to care for new sheep, to reach more lost sheep. God's guiding them in a righteous path, and both of these cities, Saskatoon and Manitoba, have many lost sheep that need to be reached. Many, freezing, cold, lost sheep. You guys must be called, man. It must be a calling. It must be a calling. But here's the danger, friends. The danger is that we can fail to accept God's way because we have a preference. I prefer you to stay, <laughs> like until, I'm, until I go, you just stay. But my preference is not what calls the shots. It's what God's doing. It's what God is doing. And so if we're not careful, we can run interference on what God is doing because we have a preference. We need to accept that they're hearing from God. In fact, the story today from Luke chapter 15 calls us into the story of Jesus versus into our own preference. And here's how it goes. Let's look at it. Luke 15, 1 and 2. It says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, these are the religious folks, they muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. They just didn't like the way Jesus was doing things. They were the religious, and the religious did not associate with what they called the people of the land. The people of the land, that's just a general term for anybody who didn't live exactly like they live, who didn't live the way they lived and where they lived. They didn't go the same places. They didn't look the same. They didn't wear their hair the same. They didn't leave the sides of their beard long. They didn't put something on their forehead, uh, a command of God on their forehead. They didn't wear the tassels on the edges of their robe. They didn't do it right. And so they were the people of the land. In our Bible, it says sinners and tax collectors. And that was sort of one kind of way of saying it. But it was the people of the land. Anybody who's not doing it like me. And, and, and Jesus was viewed as defiled and unrighteous because he associated with the people of the land. What are you doing? But what he shows us is that the Father's heart longs to see the lost found. And we've got to keep that in mind, friends, or we can end up on the wrong side of the story. So here's what Jesus says to them, verse 3. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I've found my lost sheep. And now that's the end of the story. And I can almost see him looking back and forth back and forth. During the story, here's the people of the land. Here's the religious. He's looking back and forth. But now his attention is shifting completely to the religious. And he says to them, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Jesus is bringing it very clearly home to them that you're on the wrong side of the story. You're not seeing it clearly. They wanted Jesus to prefer them. They wanted Jesus to look like them. They wanted Jesus to be separate like them. But Jesus came for the lost ones, the broken ones, the different ones. That's why Jesus came, the sick ones, not the well ones. And so when we think about saying goodbye to our pastors, we've got to remember that Jesus has a plan for the lost. And it's so important to him. And for each one of us here, Jesus left the 99 and came looking for you. And here you are. And so what's Jesus asking of us, church? We're being asked to accept that he is sending out good shepherds from this 99 to strengthen and reach sheep without a shepherd. Both of these churches need a pastor. They don't have pastors. And so we're called to accept something that isn't our preference. But it's God's plan. I don't want to be on the wrong side of that story. You know, there's a a family story that uh, Lisa tells about being a little girl and how intelligent her mother is. That's my mother-in-law. She's a very smart lady, and I love her very much, and I think she might be here today. (laughs) But she bought Lisa, when she was a little girl, two of the exact same blankie. Because when you're a little girl with a special blankie and you lose that blankie, it's a problem. So she bought two. At some point, Lisa got old enough to not lose her blankets anymore. And she had this little cousin, Chelsea. And and, um, Lisa's mom had in mind to give one of these blankets to Chelsea. And so Lisa decided that would be okay because she still had hers. Well, then fast forward a couple of years when her little cousin who adored her blanket, she loved it so much she cut a hole in it and wore it around her head. You know, she just loved that blanket, right? Um, Fast forward a few years and um, uh, Lisa went to school one morning and came home from school to find out that her cousin's home had burned to the ground, all the way down to a hole in the ground. She said she still can remember it. And uh, thank God Chelsea was safe. She was pulled out in her PJs, and that's it. She lost everything. And so, you know, uh, Twyla, Lisa's mom, was thinking, how can we provide a little bit of comfort? And she thought, Lisa, the one thing that's familiar to her is the blanket. And you have one. Would you give her your blanket? And Lisa's first response is, no. <laughs> no. I prefer to keep it, right? Her second response is, this has been very comforting for me, and I don't want to lose it. The third response was, it's probably pretty hard for her to have lost everything. Fourth response, I should give her my blanket. It's a simple story, impactful to Lisa, so much so that she remembers it, because it was a real like giving. But it's a, it's a really precious picture for us, friends. We've been blessed. Look what we have. Look what God has given us. Look at our staff. Look at our team. Look at our strength. And what God is saying is, I need to take a couple blankets and give them somewhere where people need some comfort. Can we do that, church? I think we can do that. I think we can do that. So what's our position? Our position is, we are so proud of you. So proud. So proud of you. (laughs) You are prevailing leaders that God has built, and now he's sending you to a prevailing church so that you can be a blessing. And we are proud of you. We're standing with you. Um, You're strong, and you're ready, and you're gifted, and you're called And Coastline Church, can we, just before God, thank him for these leaders and also ask him, God, would you bless us with the ability to make more leaders like this? Amen? Amen. Yes, Lord. Help us. Help us. Help us. So our position is we're proud of them. Our position is that they're not abandoning us. We're sending them. Right? We're sending them. That's our choice. We're going to send them. They heard from God. God called them. We're not going to stand in his way. We're not going to get on the wrong side of the story. We're behind you all the way. We're champions in your corner. And we want to love you and serve you and bless you. And I think lots of people here want to give you tons of money when you go. I just felt that in my spirit. Like, <laughs> No, but did you know that they're actually fulfilling the mandate of our church? Did you know that? Because the mandate on our church is to go and to bless legacy churches. Pastor Ron came from a legacy church here to bless this church. And we've been a part of a legacy church being reborn and reformed. A new vision, new name, new expansion, right? And, and if you think about Pastor Evan, a few years ago, left us and went to Northgate, a church with an 80-year history, and he's brought fresh new life there. And then just a couple of years, we sent, years ago, we sent out Pastor Jordan and Amy, and they went to Burnaby, and they took over a church that had actually had a legacy of over 50 years and had died. And they brought new life to it, new name to it. And now they're having a new season in that same place. And now to these legacy churches that are literally both over 100 years old, we send as part of our mandate new leaders to build a new legacy. And so, no, 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 they're not abandoning us. We're sending them. That's what we do. That's what Coastline Church does. We send people for the mission of God. And and maybe this will help you. It really helped me. I felt God say to me, you don't get to direct your legacy. I, I, think, I think I'm talking spiritual now, but if you're open, God said to me, you'll get a front row seat on what I'm doing. And so I'd like to be able to direct Lucas and Trina and, and say, stay here. But that's not my call. I don't get to direct the legacy of our church. I don't get to direct the legacy of other believers. But if I stay open-handed and open-hearted, I'll get to see it all. And so church, can we stay open-handed and open-hearted? Can we celebrate what God's doing in Courtney and Comox? Can we celebrate what's happening in Burnaby? And now can we push out a little farther and begin to celebrate what's happening in Saskatoon and a little further out there? And let's celebrate what's happening in Manitoba. Why? Because we're not trying to direct a legacy, but we want a front row seat on what God is doing. Amen? <laughs> we do. So your win is our win. Your victory, our victory. So we're going to bless them and commission them as they go. And the place we're going to do that is at First Wednesday. So I want to invite you. The December First Wednesday will be a time for blessing and commissioning Lucas and Trina. And the January First Wednesday will be a time for blessing and commissioning um, Adam and Shandy. So if you can mark that in your calendars, love you to be with us. And the third thing, when I talk about our position, we're proud of you. You're not abandoning us, we're sending you. And the third thing is this, the good shepherd will meet our needs too, right? If he has a plan for them, he has a plan for us. Doesn't that just make sense? right? God has someone else for us to begin to invest in and develop and build. And we can do that, church. We're good at that. This is a wonderful place for people to come and grow and to learn. And so that's what we're going to do. Their departure, listen, is not in opposition to God's blessing on this house. Can I say that again? Their departure is not in opposition to God's blessing on this house. God still has a plan for us. Amen? (laughs) and he's gonna work his plan. He's not gonna stop moving here because Pastor Lucas and Trina follow God's heart. No, no, no. If we're open-handed and open-hearted and generous, God's just gonna pour out more blessing. He's gonna give us what we need in this season. And so these have been beautiful under shepherds, but we, we certainly know we will miss you, and we love you, and, and we're super proud to stand behind you and to cheer you on. But let me just close with this, friends. Maybe you can just close your eyes with me for a moment. Let's have a moment alone with the Lord in this room full of people. And just remember these two things that I shared with you today. God is your shepherd. Let the full comfort of that settle onto to you. God is your shepherd. And he says, he says, I'll meet your needs. And so maybe just, you know, right in front of you, just, you can just open up your hands to receive because the God of comfort is here. And he's your shepherd. And remember this, your shepherd has good plans for you. Plans to bless you. Plans to provide in your need. And because of our need, we have a great sense that God is going to show up in a new way. But the key here is that you let him guide you. You let him guide you. The Bible says that he guides us in paths of righteousness. Somebody here just needs to say, okay, God, okay, I'll let you guide me. Okay, God, I'll let you guide me. You guide me. You guide my life. Maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to the good shepherd. Oh, he loves you so much. And he has really good plans. Give your life to him today. You know, Jesus did all the work. And so the gift is free, although very costly. It's free. Eternal life, life with God, life with the good shepherd is simply yours. If you invite Christ to live in your life, invite him to be Lord over your life. You can say a simple prayer like, Jesus, I invite you in. Be the good shepherd to me. I give my life to you. I say sorry for the past where I've lived in ignorance and, in, and, and, not, and not in obedience. And I ask that you would give me a bright new future. Some of you are here today, and this is a real choice to trust in the middle of your loss. Maybe your loss is connected to this unique situation, but maybe it's very personal. And you just need to say it out loud. I have a good shepherd. You need to tell your soul that. I have a good shepherd. He's good, and he's going to walk with me. Somebody needs to say, God, you led me here, and I'll stay here, and I'll trust you to guide me. Some of us are saying, by faith, we believe that the pastures are green, the streams are still flowing, and my shepherd is still so very good. So, Lord, today as we close, we bless Lucas and Trina. We bless Adam and Shandy. We pray that you would go before them, that you would provide every, every need they have, give them every blessing. Father, would you provide for their children in this transition time? They didn't ask for this, but they are part of your plan. And so, Father, provide for them beautifully and uniquely. And, Lord, we just choose to bless them. We send them in Jesus' name. And we just ask, Lord, that in this house, we would always be anchored to the fact that God, you're our shepherd. And lead on, faithful shepherd. Lead us into what you have for us because we know that your plans are really, really good. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.